0: Recording
1: now all right all right i uh i'll do the viewers anonymous thing this time
0: okay what's (laughs) going on i am scoops bronson
1: and i am s. foster and this is viewers anonymous man what's good with you
0: man nothing much man i um I've been, you know what I'm saying, going through these last two days, man, watching this show that we about to talk about, thanks to you, man. I've been doing a little Google research here and there, trying to figure out who is who and what's what. This might be one of the best documentaries I've watched in uh, since the quarantine. Tiger King was the one, but I think this this could outdo Tiger King. This is on some uh, how to make a murderer type shit, bro. Oh yeah, man! Look, it was one of those things I, you know,
1: I fell upon. You know, one day spoke to you about it, and I was like, "Yo, like, like I said earlier, like, man, if if I would have been at home when I watched it, I would have did I would have did a 28 minutes or less immediately, dude, because that, yeah. that's how intrigued I was. I was very intrigued from the very beginning. But man, uh, before I hope you don't mind before we get started, man. You know, obviously, you see, I got the Black Panther shirt on. For um, sure, man. Man, uh, we lost a, a, actually a South Carolina legend, man. He's from Anderson, South Carolina, man, with the T.L. Hammer. As a matter of fact, same high school my girl went to, but, you know, there's an age gap that they didn't go to school together or anything. But, yeah, you know, it's going around that um, there's been a petition being signed to take down a, um, a Confederate statue in Anderson and replace it with him. So uh, hopefully they get enough signatures to do that. But man, you know, when I, when I think about Chad Chad with Bozeman, man, like, you know, other than being resilient, dude, like he was one of those type of actors that, and I'm not just saying the shit to say it, but like, mm-hmm. he's one of the type dudes. He had the type of career that I want to have, and what I mean by that was, like, he played Jackie Robinson, you know? And yeah. he played. Floyd Little. A lot of people our age wouldn't remember Floyd Little, but if you watch the Express, it was yep. about Ernie Davis and you know and Jim Brown because he like they had a run of three great running backs. They had Jim Brown, and Ernie Davis. Ernie Davis won the hot He was the first black person to win the Heisman Trophy, and mm-hmm. then Floyd Little came after him. He played Floyd Little. He played third good Marshall, who you know become the first black. Uh, Supreme Court person, um, Supreme and, Court justice, yes, yeah. Yeah, Supreme Court justice, and then he played, you know, James Brown, yeah. you know, and so he was able to take a lot of black figures from our past and play them, and mm-hmm. like, you know, like he didn't just do bullshit, like now he did some up to date shit, and obviously Black Panther, but like. You know, like, he he told a story one time how uh, his first role that he got, it was on a soap opera, and he was basically a a black guy on drugs that was, you know, violent, you know, pulled a gun on this white woman and all this type stuff, and he said Mm -hmm. something to him. He said he did three episodes, he said, but after the second one, he said that why – the person that I'm playing, why he got to be violent, why he got to be on drugs and all this type stuff. Uh-huh. So he, I think he expressed his feelings of not wanting to be stereotyped. And yeah. he said after the third episode, they let him go. And he was able to do the type of roles that he wanted to do. Because if, if you think about his career, he didn't play anything like gangster or anything that was, you know, not necessarily. He played play one movie but he was revenging the death of his sister. Like it was called a yeah. uh, uh, Message from the King or something Message like that. King, yeah. that. he was supposed yeah. to be from yeah. South Africa. Yeah, yeah. So like, but I said I consider that different because he was like, I mean, I'm not saying go out and be a vigilante, but it's better to be a vigilante than to just be out killing kill for up. no reason. Yeah. You know what I'm mean? saying? Yeah. So man, I just wanted to say, man. You know, rest in peace to him. Um, you know, this is a show that's about television and film, so um, you know. I mean, I also rest in peace to Cliff, uh, Cliff Robinson too. I mean, I yep. he he. <laughs> other than Robinson, he was really my favorite number three man. I, I don't know what it was about Cliff Robinson. I thought he was to me. He was other than Damian Lillard. I thought uh, Clyde Dressler was cool, but it, I, I had just had something for Cliff Robinson. I just always thought he was a good player. But man, I just wanted to. He was a solid guy, a, man. He was definitely a solid player. Yeah, but man, I just wanted to, you know, give a, uh, you know, rest in peace, rest in power to to
0: Chala, You know what I'm saying? So yeah, man. Um, I, I think that you know, what's was crazy, man, is is that you speak of his resilience, and you know what I'm saying? They said he had a four year battle with colon cancer, and nobody knew. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You you really couldn't even tell. You know, um he was you talk about his career, his career was probably one of the best careers you can have. You know, he um you know, he was he was blessed by Denzel Washington to, you know what I'm saying, get into acting and everything like that to even begin with. And then finally, you know, the first time I ever seen him was um on the Jackie Robinson movie. And then, you know what I'm saying, he played Jackie Robinson and then, you know, he was um he did he did his thing in the Express, which was a great movie. You know, of course, I had to watch that because of Jim Brown, um, and that's just the story of uh, Ernie Davis, who, um, well he he died from leukemia, wasn't to, it? Leukemia, yeah. I'm about. To, I don't know why I was about to say multiple sclerosis, but it was leukemia. Um, so you know, we that was a that was a very powerful movie in that. But you know, he also played. James Brown, and I thought that was his one of his best roles to date. He, I think he did a great job portraying James Brown, um, especially with all of the wild things and all of the stories that we hear about James Brown, so having to replay some of those things, you know, and then the relationship that he had with his, you know, best friend in that movie, too, as well, was just like, man, you know, you could just really see this dude, you know, coming to his, you know, his his, his greatness. And then, you know, we find out that he's you know, the, the man came to Chala and then, you know, the first time we see him is on um Civil War, uh, Captain mm-hmm. America. And, you know, he's beating the shit out of the winter soldier. And it's like the winter soldier got this, you know, this strong metal arm and he's doing his best to keep up with him, but you know, all you see is dude in the black jacket and he did you know, all we, we find out he's the son of a king and you know saying so he tearing dude up. So then, you know, saying so it comes to One of the greatest moments in movie history, especially for black people, was the Black Panther movie. You know what I'm saying? That was one of our proudest moments that we could have as, you know, as a people. Because finally we had something that we could all look to and be happy about. You know, it was an all black cast. Well, not all black cast, but it was a majority black cast. We had uh, a black director, Ryan Coogler. Um, you know what I'm saying? The soundtrack was done by Kendrick Lamar. I mean, like, it just, it ingratiated everything about what the culture was from our history, you know what I'm saying, from the past and then to our future and then to the present that we in right now. So, you know, to see him take that, to see him take that mantle of being um, Chala because once, you know, once they're in those roles, that's who they damn near become. Like, look at Robert Downey Jr. This man is Iron Man. From from yeah. every Iron Man that you see now on, it, it resembles Robert Downey Jr. From the, the facial cut, you know what I'm saying, to the hairdo, every Thor looks like Chris Hemsworth. You know what I'm saying? So um every Captain America looks like uh Chris Evans, but but Chris Evans looked like every white man too, so that's a little bit <laughs> different. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Mark Ruffalo, every Hulk looked like Mark Ruffalo when he turned back to Bruce Banner. So to have T'Challa, you know, look like Chadwick Boseman is something that I think is going to be, you know what I'm saying, it is what it is, man. Um, I remember he was telling the story about how uh, I think he was on the Breakfast Club and uh, Charlamagne had asked him, was he tired of doing the uh, Wakanda Forever sign? And they was laughing about that. And it's just like, you know, it just it just lets you know, man, that even though he's not here with us, Basically, that it's you know, he'll never be forgotten, man. He'll always be a legend to us because, you know what I'm saying, he's the king, he's the he's the, the superhero that we all wanted. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely, man, rest in power to Chadwick Bozeman, man. Yeah, man, I just
1: wanted to, you know, to, to get that off the chest, man. 2020's been
0: been wild, man. It's,
1: yeah, it's you know, we, crazy. We we lost a lot of legends, man, and, and yeah. though, even though his career, you know, if you really think about it, you know, Mm, 12 years maybe you know mm-hmm. to have like that run like like you said man he, he has to be considered one of the best like he was really becoming to be the next Denzel Washington but the great thing about that is Denzel Washington has a son that's pretty good at this shit too yes. you know look hey look he he could be I wouldn't be mad if he become the next Black Panther
0: you know what I'm saying? I don't know, man. I think um, I think his son is uh, his son has a, a very different path. I know he did his thing in um, Black clansmen, Definitely, that's my first time actually seeing him act. You you didn't see him in Ballers? Nope, I never
1: got a chance to watch Ballers. Oh man, nah, he did. He did really good in Ballers, yeah. man. Uh, I seen him in Ballers, uh, Black Klansman. Um, he did another joint um, that i seen. I can't think of the name of it. But I'm excited to see this tenant,
0: man. Um, it's yeah. finally going to come out. That's, that, that's the new uh, that's the joint from um, uh, Christopher uh, from Nolan. Christopher Nolan, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's on his way. So, uh,
1: yeah, man. I, I, and, and like I say, to, to really think about it, dude, like he did Civil War, um, mm-hmm. Marshall, both of the Infinity, um, both of the uh, Avenger movies. Uh, he was in Message to
0: Kingsman. Huh? He was in Marshall? Yeah, third Thurgood Marshall. Oh, I'm thinking of the fucking, uh. Oh, you're thinking of
1: We Are Marshall.
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: you thinking of that. Nah, I'm talking about. Like, about. Wait, wait, wait! He is it
0: Marshall? Nah, they they just
1: called, called, called it. Yeah, they just called it Marshall. Dude, and and message, that. that movie that we mentioned. Message to, from the King. Yeah, message from sick. the King. He yeah, was, he
0: was sick crazy for all of that. He was crazy in that though. That was yeah, that he was, was. He did a but, hell of like, a job dude, to do shit.
1: And to to do all of those movies, man, and 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 to be battling, they was like he was doing treatments when they wasn't filming, and yeah. to. Be that dedicated, and you know what I'm saying to to do that. Now, yeah, it is also a situation where you know he's probably setting his family up, you know, because he's the breadwinner. Mm-hmm. And like Uncle Washington said, you know, when when you're an actor, you 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 basically unemployed, basically, so you don't really have yes, he is, it's like work. Yeah. So he was like he had to pay for those treatments. You know what I'm saying, out of pocket. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you got to also consider that. And I want to give a huge shout out to his team, his family, because nobody said nothing. Dude, that's, you know how much money people will sell people out for. And nobody said nothing for four years. Nobody said Mm -hmm. nothing. Dude, that's a huge shout out to his people and his family and agents and all those people to not say nothing, you know what I'm saying? And I know some people, because even when I looked at him, you could tell like, it's like, ah, man, it's like he getting a little thin, you know what I'm saying?
0: But, you know, I was like, you know. I thought it was going for a movie role. Because when he was, even when he was on the shop, he looked a little bit smaller on the shop. So, I thought that was, you know know what I'm saying, the movie role thing. But um, the one good thing about it, man, is, you know what I'm saying, since we shouting people out, shout out to Marvel. You know what I'm saying? They are um they they made a they made one of the one of the most um I'm trying to think of the word the proper word to use. I guess you could say heartfelt. They went they made one of the most heartfelt posts and um Yeah, they and, and basically just you know what I'm saying Press press runs about, you know what I'm saying, everything that had happened. You know, when you have a company like that, who they take the time out of their day to really show love to, you know what I'm saying, any any one of the actors, it don't matter who it was, but just any one of the actors. Like we've seen people, you know what I'm saying, lose their lives in the midst of being an iconic character. You know what I'm saying? Like when Heath Ledger died, you know you you really didn't hear DC coming out and doing anything or saying anything special about Heath Ledger. But That's for true. Marvel to for Marvel to take the time out of their day and, and really, you know, make a post about him and and even though it's something small and minute, and it probably you know saying ain't too much of nothing, but you got to think about it. Like he made a lot of money with Marvel. You know what I'm saying, especially being the Black Panther. He was in what four or five movies. Uh, three, the two, in two Super Avengers, War. Civil War, and Black Panther four. Four, and he was okay. So yeah, he was in like four or five movies because he was slated to be in Black Panther two. So yeah, you know what I'm saying. He he did, even though it don't seem like a lot, but he did a lot in the Marvel universe. You know what I'm saying? For as far as just showing up in certain scenes, even when he was in certain scenes, just being himself, you know what I'm saying, you could tell he kind of took the scene over, only because we knew who he was, and and even when we didn't know who he was yet, we still knew who he was, because, you know what I'm saying, we was hyped about him being in the movie. And so, you know what I'm saying, but shout out to Marvel, man, because they gave him an opportunity that a lot of people, you know what I'm saying, I'm sure was wanting, you know, like If you think about – if you think about – damn, why is his name blanking? Lucius Lyon. What the fuck is that nigga name, man? Um, Oh, Terrence oh, Terrence Howard. Yeah, Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard is known more for Lucius Lyon than he is being known for Rhodey in the first Captain America. People don't even know that Terrence Howard was roadie in Captain America One. Yeah, I mean not Captain America One, Iron Man One. Iron Man One, yep. And then he fucked that up, and then they gave it to um, Don Cheeto. Don Cheeto, yeah, they gave it to Don Cheeto. So look how look how Don Cheeto has took has taken that and grew from that. Don Tito has one of the uh he got a show. I think he got a show on Showtime too, don't he? Like Black yeah, Monday or something movies. like that.
1: Black Monday yeah. and Lot of Me. See, Not Lot of Me.
0: Saying. Yeah, Lot of Me. So that's what I'm saying. Like he he got some, you know what I'm saying? He's he's getting work just off of being in and, and being a part of the Marvel Cinematic universe. So just imagine how far that would have went for Chadwick Boseman um had he still been here. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm sure they was in the process of recording and um, filming um, Black Panther 2, you know what I'm saying? So, um, I know this is supposed to be about the documentary, but I think that we on a great, you know what I'm saying, we on a a great, great topic right now. Um, But I just want to get you real quick, what do you think, you know what I'm saying, had he, had we not lost him, um, what do you think his trajectory would have been? after um, this whole COVID thing would have broke. Um honestly man, I
1: you know, I remember cause being the type of people that we are as far as being huge in the cinema, there's always that who's the next such and such. Like yeah. I remember hearing Charlotte on the bluff supposed to have been like the next Harrison Ford. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like Yeah. You know because when you think about Harrison Ford, you know he got Star Wars, he got the Indiana Jones, you know, mm-hmm. type thing, and I yeah, think that, Sire
0: and Shia had Transformers. You know
1: what I'm saying? Yeah, he had, yeah, yeah, had Transformers, and like he was, and not that he still can't because he he's gonna be his own person, but you know what I'm saying? But as far as like, you know, it's all about getting that franchise. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? And he got his franchise with Black Panther in the way that Marvel is going. Everybody is intersecting. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like like at the end of Endgame, Thor was going off with the Galaxy of the Guardians. You know what yep. I'm saying? Spider-Man, Iron Man was in all his movies. So mm-hmm. it's like everybody was interchanging. So he was going to be Black Panther for a while. Even if it wasn't a Black Panther movie, it could have been It could have been anything. It could have been the next Ant-Man. You know, he could have been Uh helping him with something. So his trajectory was really high. And I think that with him playing the type of roles that he played, like, I think that there would have been more, you know, historical pictures that he would have Uh chosen to do, you know, no telling who else he would have played. But he always played, like, great people. But I I think that – I say all that to say – it seems like he was he was gonna be like that next Denzel Washington. Now, the difference with Denzel Washington is the fact that Denzel Washington don't have a franchise, but he got one recently with the uh, the Equalizer. Yeah. And he even said that he didn't really do franchises because he was like, he never liked doing the same movie twice. But uh-huh. he said that he saw the role and he was like, he'd never done it before. So Well, he saw the script, and so he done it again. Well, the second one. But I I think that as far as, you know, a black actor, like, you know, because you look at him and even Michael B. Jordan, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Because that goes the way it's supposed to go. You know, his, you know, franchise is Creed. You know, so he already got two in the books. And the way Rocky made it seem like, at the end of that fight, like, he was like, sit down. I, I felt like it was a pattern of the tours because he was like, it's your time. Because he wanted Rocky to come up to the ring, and mm-hmm. Rocky stayed back. He was like, this is your time. And I felt like that was Stefan Stallone being behind the camera and not in yeah. front
0: of. Well, I ain't no on lie, man? I, I don't I don't want to hate on my man, Michael B. Jordan, man. You know what I'm saying? I always want my man to get that bag, man. But, yeah, it's, it's time for Creed to take a, a, a nap, man. No more Creed, no more Rocky movies. You know what I'm saying? Because they they not they not really about too much or nothing, man. I thought I thought the second
1: one I thought the second one was was good because I, I like when when you're able to tie in a story like mm-hmm. the backstory, like yeah yeah it, it might be something just as simple as, but I don't think it was that simple. I mean, the dude father kills his dad doing the same thing that he does, and then they fight each other. But also, you bring in that story of Drago losing everything because he lost a fight, and his, his wife and the dude mom goes Whoa. off, and then she comes back in the picture because he not got a glow up, and then when he starts losing, she leaves again. So I felt like a lot of And that's the that only story-
0: way Creed beat him. Creed was going to get his ass whooped if, if his mama was on there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, we took it. We took it somewhere else. But
1: the, but the point I'm saying, I think that he had the trajectory of being like that yeah. next Denzel Washington. Um, I agree. Because I I, I, I I would I would say Will, but what happened with Will? I don't think box office makes everything, and I think that sometimes Will reached, but it seemed like Will got. Like, I don't think Denzel Washington looks at the movie as, like, it's just going to be big in box office. I think Will Smith started doing that. I, think that,
0: I think that Will does that to cover up for his acting. Because Will can act, don't get me wrong, but he's, he's, he's not as good as an actor as a Denzel Washington or a Larry Fishburne or somebody like that. So to, for him to be in those big movies and for him to have those roles like with Bad Boys, if you really watch those movies, he's never really like the guy in those roles. He's usually the guy that plays like the sidekick to the guy. You know what I'm saying? Like in Bad Boys, he was good, but Marcus was really the focus point of that movie. You know what I'm saying. Everything really centered around Marcus's life, because like even if you watch Bad Boys, you really don't know too much about Mike Lowry. You know enough, but you don't know too much. We know well, the, everything about Marcus.
1: Well, the third when they did, and I
0: don't well, know if that to do, to do with Will being a producer on the show. Exactly, but see, but that's that goes to show you just for for three movies. You know what I'm saying. At the end of the third movie when the franchise is completely done and it's all said and done and they leaving it on the cliffhanger on whether or not um, we may or may not have a new bad boys, because now we find out that more, um, we find out that Mike got a son. You know what I'm saying? That's all we know. We just know that he got, he he had this whole, it really wasn't even a secret. It was this big shocking surprise that he had a son. Now, after all these movies, we don't know nothing about him going to certain places that they talk talking about in the movie. They're just bringing it up in the third one. But to me, I feel like his acting isn't up to par with, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, a Denzel or a Larry Fishburne or even a Wesley Snipes for that matter. Like just having people who can have those, who have been in those big roles, who have played in those box office movies. You know, when you got those guys who can pretty much just be in a movie and make the movie good, you don't really need the box office. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't really have to worry about the box office. I think that, you know what I'm saying, Michael B. Jordan is one of those guys who will eventually be um, in that same vein of making the movie good. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's still got some time to go, but he'll be in that in that arena of whatever he's in is going to be good and his character is going to be, you know what I'm saying, the focus point of the movie. You know what I'm saying? I think that's where, that's why Chadwick Boseman was so good was because every movie that he was in, regardless if it was the historical piece, regardless uh, regardless if it was an action piece, you know what I'm saying? He, he still was the man in the movie. You know what I'm saying? Like if you even go watch Black Panther, He's not really even in Black Panther that long. If you put all his scenes together, he's not really even in that movie that long. The movie is more so focused on Wakanda. You know what I'm saying? Like the the the, the all the separate characters in Wakanda. You know we we um we get introduced to Shuri and we get introduced to uh the Magi. we get introduced to uh, I think that's how you say it, but we get introduced to all the queen, like all these different, you know what I'm saying? people we get introduced to Killmonger um you know what I'm saying and then you realize that every time he comes on screen he takes over every scene that he's in you know what I'm saying that so I I feel like if he was still here you are completely right like he would be in that vein of Denzel and Larry Fishburne and all them because he just he just had the talent to be able to do that Sir, man, I hey, rest in peace to
1: him, man. It, it, it sucks that we keep losing legends, man. But yeah, you know man. that. But I think that's also a testament of of our age, to be honest with you, man. I think yeah. that you know when, when you get older, man, you start to see you start to see the shit that your parents was talking about. You know, yeah. like, Oh man, I, I remember when we lost this person, we lost that person, and it's like you get older and you start to experience that shit. Like, man, we lost Kobe, we lost, you know. Chadwick you know we lose, we lose yes. this person it's like like damn like people falling like flies and it's I think that's a testament of age and that's why I say age is a blessing man so yeah you know, make it to 35 I am surely appreciative but man man,
0: that,
1: uh, man man so rest in peace to him rest in power to him but man like um but to get into it man I I was uh I was I was chilling at my girl crib and she was doing um her friend's hair. So yeah. I was like, man, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm channel surfing. You know what I'm saying? Looking through the stuff and I see, I see outcry. So I read the description I'm like, all right, you know, let me, let me give this a shot. So man, I get to watching it, man. And, and basically what I saw, man, I saw a kid who was, you know, star defensive player on his team, had a great work ethic, uh, his name was Greg Kelly. He was uh, he had just committed to go to uh, U UTSa uh, D one yeah. school down in Texas. You know he was on his way, man. Um, but unfortunately, his parents his uh, his dad had suffered a stroke. His mom was recovering from a brain tumor, so mm-hmm. he ended up staying with uh, with the McCarthy family, which had a guy that was on his football team, he was, you know, his name was Jonathan McCarthy, and, like, they took him in while his parents was going through their health problems. And then his whole life took a turn. Um, He was accused of uh, sexual assault in a four-year-old kid. And the more and more I watched it, man, the more and more you see that this kid was railroaded, man.
0: Man, railroaded is an understatement, bro. Um, To see... You know what I'm saying? To see in the beginning how, you know, like you said, he was he was on his way to playing D one football and to see how good he was, like the highlights they was just showing, man, like he seemed as if like he was a star athlete, you know what I'm saying? He seemed as if like he was going on to eventually play in the league and you know what I'm saying be one of those guys that was coming from uh, you know, one of those home homegrown products of Texas and and to soon be, you know what I'm saying, one of those Texas greats. Um I think that watching this <laughs> documentary is uh, it, it's frustrating. Um it frustrated the shit out of me honestly because it's not it's not one of those documentaries that kind of leave you in like suspense after every episode. Um it's it gets straight to the point. And in, in every episode it's straight to the point. And this was clear cut, you know, straight straight to the bullseye to show you how serious it was about them thinking that this guy, like you said, was railroaded. And you know, for for the accusations to even happen, um which to me that's why I had got confused too cuz I was just like you know what I'm saying like watching the watching the first episode it was like damn where did these accusations even come from like and then you know they interviewed a little kid that was um that had said that it had happened and you know they asking him certain questions about everything and it's like for a 4 year old to speak that way and for a 4 year old to be saying the things that he was saying to me, I felt like he was being coached, or he had yeah. been coached. And and you also got to mention, like,
1: now, when we're talking about victim one, the one he actually got charged for, like, yeah. the, lady, the lady interviewing him starts out by saying, what does telling the truth mean? And mm-hmm. he says, right off the jump, he says, with Greg. He don't answer yeah. the question. He just said, with Greg. So she asked him again. And then the kids say, people, we, we, I'm not lying here, the kid said, I'm supposed to tell the truth, but I can't tell it. Like, right. that tells you right there, like, someone told me to say something, and I'm saying basically what someone told me to say. Mm-hmm. And to say the words that you said by being coached. like he said, he put his pee-pee in my mouth. Yeah, And, like, obviously, like, you know, when when you hear a kid say that, like, yeah, that's it's very disturbing and it's like, you know, you don't think that a kid would say that, but I'm thinking what you mean by well, this is my definition of him being coach, is the fact that I think something happened to him but they got the wrong person and I think that the other guy was the one who really did it and they actually look similar I think that the person that did it will get more into him he was someone who looked up to greg he wanted to be like greg and he, and it's like when you're when you looking up to someone you know what i'm saying you start to he had his hair cut like him you know what i'm saying yeah. you start hanging around him being around the type of people like he never would have been around these type of people if it wasn't for greg you know what i'm saying he was, he he like was no trying pop- to get his girl yeah, did that too. You know what I'm saying? And then what happens is jealousy ends up happening. Cause it's like, why he get the good girl, why are he getting all the scholarships, why are he gets all of this. So it's like that resentment starts to build up. And not only does resentment build up, he already has something going on with him that we could get more into later on. But to know a little bit more about like what that county was dealing with and all that type stuff. Like, so back in 1987 and the same, this happened in Williamson County in Texas and Mm -hmm. they had a history. There was a guy, his name was Michael Morton. It made 60 minutes and everything. It was a big story where a guy, was accused of killing his wife. He says that you know he didn't do it. Then this DA guy, a new DA guy, comes in and was like, "We gonna do like they wanted to do um, DNA testing." And the guy, the DA guy, uh, John Bradley, says that he won't do DNA unless he admits of. Killing his wife, and then you get to thinking, like, what kind of fucked up shit is that? How, why are you gonna tell me to admit that I killed my wife, and then you're gonna check the DNA to see if mm-hmm. I can it off? Like, it don't make sense. So, so this county already has a bad history of putting people behind bars that didn't do shit. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, um, you know, it's it's it's. There's so many different aspects of this, you know what I'm saying, of this whole story that you know, either it's gonna make you scratch your head or it's gonna make you look at the screen with the with the confused face, like, yo, okay, how did how is this even believable? How did this get through? How's this permissible? Like all the, like it's it's just question after question that came to my mind about this. So we we can start off at episode one. Um it went uh, it just went in depth a little bit about like you said, you know what I'm saying, his parents, who he was, what he you know, said what he was doing, you know, talked about his girlfriend a little bit, and then um eventually it got to the point to where he had been accused of you know, molesting a little uh child. So when it went to when it went into them uh talking to the first victim the reason i say he sounded like he was coached because when they were asking the questions he just kept saying greg he kept giving his name you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying as if as if like they wanted the the child to keep mm-hmm. making sure you know what i'm saying make sure you say greg make sure you saying greg don't say anybody else's name make sure you saying you telling them greg and so um when when they were asking him questions, every time he would answer the question, he would name him, and then he would say the action that was being done, and that's why I say or that's why I felt like he was he had been coached into um into talking about what was being said in the um interview with the child or whatever, and then you know what I'm saying when they got to. When it when it got to the the beginning of what had been going on, you know what I'm saying his the friend um like you said we're gonna get into him later, but to me it was jealousy. the further and further all this went on, you could kind of see that it was just jealousy you know what I'm saying he talked about how he tried to get with his girl, you know what I'm saying or he was um even when he was talking about how. He would be sitting there and then, like, he'd come upstairs and then his phone would be missing. And then. Yeah. And then he'll go look for it. Then it's plugged up. Yeah, he go and then he come back it's plugged up. Or, I mean, you know what I'm saying? You could just kind of tell, like, dude was dude was a real jealous of Greg. You know what I mean? Like, they never talked about dude's play on the field, but I'm sure that that has something to do with it, too. I'm sure that he probably wasn't a better player than Greg, so he probably definitely wanted to be like Greg. He definitely wanted to be 100% like Greg. Like you said, he got the same haircut that he got. He got his facial hair trimmed up like Greg did. Like, you know what I'm saying? You could tell that he wanted to be Greg. And um, it, it was just a little bit odd, man, just to hear the things that Greg was saying about the dude and the things that he was doing to him you know what I'm saying, throughout this whole situation. And then, you know, for,
1: and for people, you also got to understand the reason why there was a four-year-old around is because the McCarthy family ran a daycare out of the house. Yeah. And yeah. so that's why it was even kids over there in the first place. And what was also, I was, when the allegations came about, the McCarthy family was really quick to say, hey, we we know this lady lawyer. Yeah. You know, nah 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 no, nah, this type of stuff. And this lady lawyer, you know, saying her name is um, Pamela, uh, name? um uh,
0: Patricia Cummings. Patricia,
1: Patricia. So, so Patricia was already which you'll find out a little later in the podcast that, that this was this lady was appointed to be his lawyer. You know what I'm Pretty saying? Pretty much, yeah. And she, it was a conflict of interest because come to find out she ended up she was their family lawyer, basically. Like she has yeah. defended all of the McCarthy boys because the uh, the lady, um uh damn what's her name. Sama. Was it was it
0: Sama? shama?
1: It was uh, Sham shama, shama Shama. Like Shama, she you know, was so quick to say, hey, you know, she could be a lawyer and all mm-hmm. of this type of stuff. And, and it was it was very disappointing, man, to to see a dude who had the, the work ethic that he had. Mm-hmm. And to, it, it, it also makes me question, and I didn't think about this till a little bit ago, was did Shama see that type of behavior from her son and she wanted Greg to come? Okay, now this is just conspiracy theory Sean. here. Did she want him to come there because she could potentially see something down the road? Because you remember, Greg's mom was like, Shaman was like, let me do this for you so I can get my blessings. Like, And then she said it twice.
0: Like, mm-hmm. What
1: kind of blessings are you trying to get? Like, What do you mean? And it made me think, like, I wonder, was this whole thing that Greg even staying with them was set up in the first place because yeah, you she know seen what? That, that there was some potential yeah. things going
0: on with one of her kids? Well, see, now that you say that, that's that's actually – uh, that's actually pretty good because, remember, um, like you said, the, the family lawyer had um, represented, uh, I think it was three or four of her other children before um, this situation occurred. And one of those children, I mean, yeah, one of the kids that she, rep- well, one of the sons that she represented, he was being accused of um sexual assault as well mm-hmm. so that's you know what i'm saying that's 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 actually a, a pretty good observation because now now that you think now that i think about it she could have just said like you said let me get my blessings and she could have pretty much just set him up you know got him over there she knew what her son was doing this was an opportunity to pretty much get her son off the hook and then she wouldn't have to worry about you know, another son in jail or being locked up or going to trial for sexual assault again. She don't have to relive this. Yeah. And and you also got to
1: realize that he was charged with super aggravated sexual assault. Now yeah. with it being super aggravated to a minor, That's automatically 25 years without the possibility of parole. Yeah. So you have to be very confident when it comes to, you know what I'm saying, being the DA of going for a case like this for the simple fact if you you fuck this up and you're going off testimony of kids who just basically turn four years old, Mm -hmm. like this shit could go left. Okay. So what ends up happening, when he gets charged with the crime, he gets out. Now, he end up getting expulsion from his regular school, Lander, and he ended up having to go to one of those like alternative schools. School. Yeah, and at yeah. this alternative school, you got to wear military gear. And yeah. that brings me to, because what ends up happening, he, so they, they go to court and, oh, well, I'm missing something. He got offered two deals by the DA. Oh, well, no, yeah. no, 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 well, hold up. I was on the right timeline. So he, so remember the, what do you call it, the, the military outfit, because that's going to be very important here in a second. So he ended up, um, Maddox, uh, Chief Maddox, who was the, um, the chief of police for the Cedar Park Police, he makes this announcement on TV saying that any other kids, that you know feel like something happened or any other parents to come forward and so the assistant DA under Jaina Duty. Mm-hmm. now Jaina Duty, she was appointed without appointed she won an election to be DA and she ran very strongly on yeah. the Michael Morton guy that I mentioned earlier who had got um accused of killing his wife in 1987. He served 25 years in prison and he ended up getting out. Now, she, that was her whole campaign was how we don't want something like that to happen again. Yeah, now, that's mm-hmm. going to be important later in the podcast as well. So, mm-hmm. the one of her assistant DAs go out and find a second child because of what Maddox did and then Maddox send in his sergeant, Chris Daly, to go in and interview a second child. So a second child came forward. Well, during the trial, the second child denies everything. So the prosecution ain't got shit. Okay? Now, this is where the military outfit comes in. So then all of a sudden this gym owner named Philip Forbes, he comes in with a police escort to escort him in and out. And he goes on the stand and say that Greg told him that he served in the military, he was a, in the Marines, all this types of, and what his whole thing was, was to shoot down his credibility. He just wanted yep. to say that Greg was a liar, don't believe anything he said. Now, why would the prosecution bring in a gym owner who Greg claims, like, I ain't even really know the guy, like, we ain't yeah. even really had no conversations. But he probably seen Greg in that uniform, probably coming from school and then coming in there to work out. And so then they ended up charging him with super aggravated sexual assault of a minor. Dude, yeah. dude this is, it's funny, man. It's funny. It's real funny.
0: It, man, it's, it's, it's more than funny because first and foremost, um they didn't have any other they didn't have any other evidence all they had was basically just a little boy that just said greg he didn't give a last name or anything else he was just saying greg and once again this is where i go to say coaching it was just super convenient how when they spoke to um when they spoke to the officer what's his name daily mm-hmm. Well, in the yeah, re-trial, Davis, Davis. yeah for later on down in the retrial, when they spoke to Officer Daly, he was saying that as soon as they heard the name Greg, they just went after him. They didn't really do too much investigation. They didn't really go to the uh, McCarty's house to see, you know, what I'm saying, how it was set up, how it looked, anything. They didn't really do a proper investigation. They instantly heard Greg's name, found out that Greg Kelly lived there. They said, that's our guy. We're gonna use the the testimony from the kids, even though the second kid was, like you said, he was coerced into basically um saying that Greg did something to him, or he did, or Greg made him do something to him. And then it was just like it was just weird because when he came in and he was asking the second kid questions, they weren't, they weren't open-ended questions. They were strictly A or B questions. You know what I mean? And and it got to the point to where he began to ask him yes or no questions and then he got off the yes or no questions and went straight to the A or B questions. One of the questions was like um, what what type of lotion did Greg make you use? You know what I'm saying? Or mm-hmm. um, where did you get the lotion from? Not did you you know what I'm saying? Did Greg make you put lotion on him? They didn't ask those you know what I'm saying? They didn't ask those type of questions that would be leading to real um, real police work that the, the, or the real police work that they supposed to do and then you know what I'm saying like he had to go to court with a lawyer who really wasn't fucking with him you know what mm-hmm. I mean like it seemed like she was doing her best to pretty much just get him locked up I didn't didn't really believe that she was, you know what I'm saying, like, doing anything to kind of, you know what I'm saying, make sure that he was getting away free. And, you know what I'm saying, like, the more and more you watch it, like, the more and more you kind of see that, or the more and more it gets shown that, you know, that's exactly what she was doing. She was using him as the scapegoat. Yeah.
1: Like, she was not defending him. Um, and then she would tell him like oh you know this you know this is fine cuz she said that the that the Phillips guy the, the the gym guy oh man that, that's nothing that's not going to hold any yeah. water but actually what it did was they they, they went to assassinate his character and try to say that yep. he was a liar and you can't believe yep. anything he say because they didn't have nothing left and i remember they were talking to uh one juror and um so he said that you know, at first it started out, I think it was 8 4, and then he was like, then it went to 10 2, and then it went eleven one, 1, and he was left being mm-hmm. the last person. And what's important about that, um, and I mentioned this on my podcast earlier this week was one of my favorite movies. Um, if, if we're talking black and white movies, it's my, my greatest. Black and Michael movie is 12 Angry Men Mm -hmm. Um, and Richard Fonda was the one juror guy that wouldn't back down you know he was Mm -hmm. like I don't believe this person's guilty and he was able to turn the whole room you know with convincing them of uh, of doubt that's basically what it is it's like you put doubt in a jury's mind then that could help it out. And there was a lot of doubt there, but I think what happened, he said that fatigue happened, people wanted to go home, and it got to the point where everybody, yeah, everybody looking at you like, dude, we trying to go home, and Mm -hmm. you're the only one saying not guilty. And he says later that, I regret not putting my foot down and trying to convince them of this. And it takes a very strong person to do that, to sit in a room with eleven angry people ready to go mm-hmm. home, and for you to stand your ground, like it, it takes a, a very strong person to do that, man. And it sucks that I, I, I'm not putting fault on the dude because it's not the dude's fault. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's, it's it's more of the system and how they was cohoist this whole situation. Like I'm saying, like you can say that it's supposed that that you could put some of the onus on the guy, but at the same time, I'm not gonna put all of it on him. But like, because like I say, a lot of people can't take it. I'm not saying that I could. Like I would have to, I would have to have, I would have to feel so strongly about it. And it would have to be things that I know that I could prove to be that one standing alone person. But you know, but I'm not gonna say that it's completely that guy's fault for not flipping the whole room and getting them to, you know, flip into not guilty. Yeah. But I just thought that that was a very important part of the documentary as well.
0: I agree. So, you know what I'm saying, we get to all of that. Um, he ended up getting found guilty. He get locked up and then they bring in a retrial um, and they bring it to, or they reopen the case, bring it back to a retrial. And then, oh, well, hold up,
1: hold up, hold up. Yeah. Now, before, before, before you go to the retrial, because I think this is important, mm-hmm. the, the the one guy, Jake Bro- uh, Bryden, so obviously this dude comes out of nowhere, he hears about the case, and he starts rallying up these people. Oh, yeah, to yeah, yeah. The case yeah. reopened. Because they were out
0: the saying that he was innocent.
1: Yeah, so this dude, if it wasn't for this Jake guy, this dude probably still be in prison today. Like, that dude was resilient, and I would love for somebody to just come out of the blue. If something ever happened to me like this, I need somebody to ride for me like this dude. He never met him. Never yeah. met the kid, didn't know who this kid was, and he held protests. They stand in front of the school. They stood in front of the courthouse. So they did all of that work, and they did it for, like, Two and a half, three years, mm-hmm. before, well, like two years before they reopen the case. So, yeah. like you were saying, they ended up reopening
0: the case. Yeah, thank you for that, because I forgot all about dude, man. Um, but, you know what I'm saying, they bring it to retrial. And here, you know what I'm saying, in the retrial, we find out um, that there was sufficient um, evidence that was missing. We find out that his lawyer pretty much fucked him over. Um, we find out that they didn't do a proper investigation. They didn't even, um, they didn't investigate the the other guy. What's his name? John, Jonathan. Jonathan, Jonathan McCarthy. Yeah, Jonathan McCarthy. They didn't even investigate him, even though his name was brought up multiple times by one of the kids. I think it was the first kid. And so that never happened. And then when they had came to the lawyer about it and they said, well, Jonathan's name was brought up. We need to speak with Jonathan. She pretty much just brushed them off and told them we're not going to go that way. Yep. That's exactly what she said. And my whole thing about all of this, man, after, especially after getting to this point was what is the fucking motive what I, I, I'm a, I gotta say it again what is the fucking motive we to me man you it, that's the only thing that this doc was missing they never gave us a proper motive as to why the lawyer the cops the fucking family was all linked together trying to get this dude locked up and pin this shit on him because I don't even think it was like an election year for the DA. Yeah,
1: because she already won.
0: That's what I'm saying. So she didn't give a fuck. She was instantly like, yeah, let's get him locked up. The assistants, they both was like, yeah, let's get him locked up. Maddox, every time they interviewed him, he was like, yeah, I'm 100% completely sure that he did it. Even after, you know what I'm saying, Going on further down the line, we find out what, what ended up happening and everything, um, with Greg Kelly's case. But the o- the reopening of this trial shows you just how corrupt the justice system is. From the lack of evidence, from um, coerced testimony, from um. The you know what I'm saying, them not doing their due diligence in an investigation. I mean, it just shows you everything. Like, if they really want you, they can get you, just like that.
1: Yeah, and we got to also, you know, give it up for the, the second lawyer that he ended up getting on, yeah. uh, Keith Hampton. So, Keith Hampton, he come in and, you know, he's very, like, well- respected like he like i remember like when when the dude said at the end he was like you know this dude need to be a part of the avengers he was like the avengers Mm -hmm. need the lawyer they need this guy like yeah he was able to pull up he he found like a lot of that damn evidence that we're talking about now especially against the lawyer yeah against the lawyer and so they ended up did she end up pulling a real bitch move man um patricia Mm -hmm. cummins man um so when it was like a day before she was supposed to take the stand, they called Hampton and like, yo, like she wants to use, uh, uh, client confidentiality yeah. and say that she don't want to admit to anything that would, you know, break that code. Mm-hmm. And so the questions that they was asking, she wasn't answering them. And it's like, yo, if you know, now you're supposed to be representing him to keep him out of prison. Now you have mm-hmm. a chance to get him out of prison, but you don't
0: want to talk about it? Well, see, one thing, one thing that I noticed is when they first started talking to her, and this is, like you said, this just goes to how, you know what saying, how good Keith uh, Hampton was. When they first got to talking to her, he knew that she was going to use the client confidentiality. He knew she was going to use that. His thing was um, pretty much giving in to, you know what I'm saying, that that way. He knew that she was going to be so high up on her horse that she wasn't going to be paying attention to the pretty much this trick play he was about to run on. her. And mm-hmm. so he was pretty much asking her a plethora of open-ended questions that would give vague details, but enough to be able to to sway, you know what I'm saying, the jury. And uh, one of the questions that he asked her was, um, was did they bring up uh, Jonathan's name in the police report or anything like that? And she was trying She, I think that's when she backed up to the judge and was saying that, well, if I say that, then that's going to mess up. My confidentiality and then that's when he hit her with well, it can't be that way because they wrote it in a police report. So it's public record. So anybody could find it out. So then when she had to ask the question, not just let you know, you know what I'm saying, like this was gonna be the this was gonna be the, the way that they were going to knock this shit out the park. You know what I'm saying? They was gonna get dude out. I, I mean I felt that from the third episode. They was gonna get dude out. Only because everything that they was using, it just seemed so faulty, man, It's so, so unbelievable. And then, and then,
1: we come to find out what Keith Hampton was able to find was, so he was arrested on July the fifteenth, two thousand thirteen. Mm-hmm. This dude moved out in June. Yeah. And remember, they said and they that the it they they happened on, on the 12th. On the 12th. On July twelfth. They said it happened on the 12th. But yeah. they said it had to happen between either the 10th or the 12th. So they made up a date. Yeah. And put that's what they, they, when they brought the daily back, they asked him about that. And he just made up a date and said that it happened on the 12th when the dude moved out at the end of June. And mm-hmm. then, do they had his cell phone records? He wasn't nowhere near the house, um, any time of those couple of days in July. Mm-hmm. So it was like all this stuff wasn't investigated, mm-hmm. and it's like, what is the motive really? Like, like you said, like the only motive I could think of when we get that to the end of the podcast, a lot of these people got to came up after, you know, after the fact. Even with them losing, they still got to come up in the end. So the, the motive part, I think the only thing I can think of is he's a high-profile football player. He was just basically at the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Or was actually dealing with the wrong people at the wrong time. He thought that these people was here for him. He thought that they was not, helping him out. No, no, wait,
0: wait, not baseball player, football player. You said baseball player. Oh, my bad. <laughs> football player, like, like, <laughs> but like, it's,
1: but you, you think that somebody's doing you a deed, yeah? And in all actuality, like, they, they set him up because I think that if this family didn't have a problem with the law,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that this stuff never, never would have happened to him. One hundred
0: percent. So I, I also. I, I think that, you know what I'm saying, um, with the history of the son, you know what I'm saying, having sexual assault before, you know what I'm saying, all of this happening, I think that's if that was something that she would have, you know what I'm saying, and and let's just take let's take her out of it because she of course she was the lawyer, but if they would have did what they were supposed to do as a team, when they was, you know what I'm saying, representing Greg, they would find out that, you know, when they heard the name, when they heard Jonathan's name, they would, they should have instantly went to investigate him because now they have the information that his one of his older brothers does this. So this could have been something that happened to Jonathan himself. Um, This could have been something that he's seen his older brother do and now he's doing the same thing. Like, we don't know because, you know, so they didn't do what they were supposed to do, and they didn't go investigate. Um, One of the things that they asked, because they also brought up the Officer daily guy, and one of the things that they asked him was about the investigation, and they said, did you go check uh, the residence where the, the daycare is? He said no. They said, well, they brought up Jonathan McCarty's name. Did you investigate or interrogate Jonathan McCarty? They said no. I mean, he said no. And then they said, well, well, um, how did you get to Greg Kelly? And he said that when they were listening to the, the testimony from the little boy, the only thing he said was Greg this, Greg that, Greg this. He said, at the time, we knew the only Greg that was in that house was Greg Kelly. That was our guy. And we brung him in. To me, that's like, bro, you didn't do no fucking work to find out then, if this is true or not. Then though,
1: and this is why I think something actually happened to the kid. So they asked him how many rooms did it happen in. He mm-hmm. said two. He said one of them was he said he called it the couch room. The couch room. And yeah. then he said it was the coach's room. And the reason and then when they took a picture of Jonathan McCarthy's room, he had a bed and a couch in there, yeah. and he had those trophies up there. So that's why the kids say the, the coach coach's room, yeah. because it was some trophies in there, and he said the couch room, and they had a couch. A lot of people don't have a couch in their bedroom. Yep. Yeah. So with them saying Jonathan, with him with the kid saying a couch room and all this type of stuff obviously something happened in Jonathan's room. Uh They didn't investigate none of that stuff. Yeah. And so, and that's what made me think, like, the Patricia Cummins lady, I think that behind the scenes, she was going to talk to the DA people, telling them, hey, look, we're going to zero this in on him. Also, if y'all get a conviction out of this guy, you know, Judy, you're gonna get reelected. You know, this DA guy, you're gonna be good. This DA lady, you're gonna be good. Like everybody's gonna get a come up from this. But what was mm-hmm. crazy was, she would have to take the L as far as in the courtroom, she takes an L. But she's mm-hmm. getting the win from protecting the family that, like I said in the beginning, because eventually she was, a, com- get it was a, a conflict better, yeah, of
0: interest. She's gonna get a better job.
1: Yeah, so it's like she is protecting the McCarthy family, so she's getting a win there, but she's taking the L in the books as far as in the trial. So yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's 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 wild how that works, man. And then like, what was very crazy to me was I think it was I think it was the fourth episode where they was talking to this lady that deal with you know kids and all of this type stuff, and she, she said there was a study done in the 80s where they took kids in to do, and they filmed the whole thing, mm-hmm. and they had these kids get these uh, they had the dolls. physicals. It was like these physicals, oh, and yeah, like, you yeah, know, they, they know, check they they their arms, that. their legs, mm-hmm. you know, they don't touch any of their private parts. So what they ended up doing was they, they asked the kids about it, and the kids say everything was fine but then they showed the kids a video or something like that and then all of a sudden these kids were saying oh well he touched me here and he touched my butt and all this type mm-hmm. stuff and they were just saying it like these kids can they, they can make up a story from hearing something and watching something and it'd be nothing that really happened to them
0: so yeah.
1: it's really hard to take a testimony from a kid, a four-year-old kid, and say that, hey, this kid is telling you the absolute truth of what happened to them. Now, I think that this kid was coached, but I also think that he was only coached on the name and to say that he put your pee-pee in his mouth. Yeah. But other than that, it seemed like the kid was really going off what was happening. Like, like I said, he says the couch room. So some of the stuff he was saying, but some of it was in his imagination of stuff that he was, you know, making up. So that was something else that Keith Hampton was able to, you know, pull up was like that type of stuff. And look, this this documentary, man, it it was really crazy. And also what he had to go through, because even when they got him out, Mm -hmm. like the dude was out on bun and he had to wait for the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals to happen. To exonerate so, yeah, so he's yeah. out. But what can happen if they don't exonerate him, no matter how long it takes, he goes, he goes right, back to jail. Back. So yep. he, would, he had to, for two or two and a half years, he had to go every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. to check a list for the fate of his life. Like, if because it's like, just just really think about that, dude. Like, every morning, you have to look. And you're looking for your name. Like, the thing is, you want to see your name, but you don't want to see your name and say that it's Mm -hmm. it's denied. Because if it's denied, you got to go back to jail. So it's like, to go through that, like, yeah, it's fucked up to get locked up and you didn't do anything wrong. But it's also fucked up that you have to sit for two years, and check a list every morning to see if you're getting a stay out, or if you're going back to prison. Mm -hmm. That is fucked up, dude. And that's a fucked up way to live. To sit there on bond that long, because see, the justice system shouldn't have to take that long to come to those type of decisions, especially with the type of evidence that they was able to come up with, and then the people not wanting to, like, they, like, the DA lady, Jenna Duty, they wanted to talk to her. And she was, she was you know, being held for content. So she went to jail for 14 days. Mm-hmm. Because she wouldn't talk about the case. So then the, her backbreaker, which we're missing here in a second, was when he actually gets cleared of those charges. Yep. Like it was crazy to see the the, the, the uh, uh the lawyer dude to break down the way that he broke down. Like because it, it you know, it seemed that he built a relationship with him throughout that time and to see somebody it's it's hard to come across a person where you can actually look them in their face and say, Look, yo, all these people had basically came together to lock you up. Yeah. Even the person that defended you in court was in on getting you locked up.
0: hmm
1: Like, I I I don't know, dude. Like, like
0: that's I don't even know what to say. It's I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, it's this shit was wild, man. Like for them to the only evidence that they had was testimony from two kids, and they use that to literally go through the whole trial. And then when we bring, like I said, when we go to the retrial, we find out that a huge piece of evidence was left out was the fact that the guy had on SpongeBob SquarePants pajamas. Um, We also leave out the fact that his name was brought up more than once, And so now this is when I start thinking, I'm like, okay, well now I got to be John Finn McCarty because they are talking about the SpongeBob pajamas and he instantly denies the fact that he has SpongeBob pajamas. When they went to go ask Greg, Greg was like, yeah, he has SpongeBob pajamas. We shared them every now and then, but you can tell the difference between who's wearing them because if I wear them, if I'm wearing them, they're too short on me. When he wears them, they pretty much too baggy. And so, you know, when they go ask the uh, Jonathan McCarty kid, he instantly denies it. He acts like he never seen a pair of, he don't own Spongebob boxers or pajamas. He pretty much is just like, it's all Greg. Greg had them. Greg had them on. Every now and then I would wear something that Greg has, but I never wore his Spongebob pajamas. And then that's when I instantly knew, like, yeah, this dude did it.
1: Yeah, and um, and then also Jonathan McCarthy was locked up. The reason they was even able to question him was because he was accused of raping a girl, and they brought the girl on. 15 year old. Yeah, 15. And so she's like thinking, and and I don't blame her for one second for not thinking this. If they would have done the investigation right, she never would have got raped because Jonathan would have been locked up. Yep. So, and it was more than just her. Yeah. So you have to really think about the heartlessness that it is to sit here and and lock up an innocent person and leave a person that really has an issue, really have a problem, and you leave this person out on the street, and then he rapes a girl. Now let's not forget about the Texas Ranger, Cody Mitchell. Now, mm-hmm. Cody Mitchell came in there, and it seemed like he was for him in yeah. the beginning, and yeah. then he threw a twist in there, and then one thing that fucked him up, and I'm not going to leave this out, I'm going to say this, but I got my own explanation of what I think it is. So, Mitchell did uh, a lot of test on him. Mm-hmm. Um Greg Kelly, and he passed every question but one. And yeah. it was like, what was that one question? He was like, basically, have you ever put you know your penis in a minor's mouth type thing? Yeah. This is my explanation for that. His girlfriend was a minor, technically. Now, let's say he got some hair from her and she was 17, 16, whatever. And he got some hair from his girl. Technically, because he probably answered the question, no. Yeah. But technically, She's a she minor. is a minor.
0: And, so, and also, and also, um, speaking of the, the, the polygraph, like, don't forget the question that he asked, uh, The la- the last question that he asked was, are you answering all of these questions truthfully, and he passed that, yeah, yeah, so that means so that means it. that yeah, so that means that he answered all the questions correctly, he passed them, they used that specific question, and they harped on that question, and they lied yeah. and I think and I think they lied to him and told him that that's the way he didn't pass,
1: yeah. So, so that that dude, and then it's like when, when, and then what helped him was when the second DA dude came in, Sean Dick, when he came in, he was very involved in getting this case, getting movement on this case. And if, if yeah. Sean Dick never would have came in, he probably still would be locked up to this day. Um, yep. because he was able to open up a lot of stuff that's just like the other DA dude, like when the Michael Morton dude got locked up, the DA was Ken Anderson and then John Bradley came in and John Bradley was holding off on doing the DNA. And so the dude spent a couple more years in prison before he did the DNA. Sean Dick stepped in and he Mm -hmm. was very motivated on let's handle this now. Let's not wait. Let's do this now. And when he was out the Cody Mitchell do because he said on the stand that he didn't believe that he did it, but he was like he has two suspects and he can't say who those two suspects are. And then no, he, he, he gave him a,
0: he gave him the two suspects. He, he couldn't he couldn't talk about the third one. Oh yeah, he couldn't talk about the third one because the yeah. third one was actually Greg. Yep. And no, the, no, Greg was the first one that he talked about. Um, and then Jonathan was the second one he talked about, and then the third one they never mentioned. Oh yeah, that is right. Yeah, that is right.
1: But like, what was what was shocking to me was because they said the day that he got released, uh, he got released on bond, and they said mm-hmm. what was weird was there was a dude out in the truck, and it was Cody Mitchell, yeah. and they actually got him on camera saying it's a great day. Mm-hmm. But after that. They can't find the dude. Dude no nowhere to be seen. He won't answer any of their phone calls, which I thought was weird because it was like it seemed like he was motivated on getting them out, but then he just ghosted everybody. I don't. I still mm-hmm. don't. That's the mystery to me. Like we don't know why he ghosts them towards the end. Like I don't know
0: if, if he got well, payment. Like, I think that's. I think that's because they finally found out what his real motives was. You know what I'm saying? Like, once they found out what his real motives was, you know, they was going to ask him some things that he was going to end up exposing the show. Yeah,
1: this is true. And what was what was sad to me, man, was, was the end. Like, okay, it was great. He saw his name on the list. He was cleared of all the charges. He was in New York at mm-hmm. the time because this girl, she was going to some school or something like that. And, he um, got engaged. Uh, he got engaged. Uh, he married her after he was cleared of the charges. You know, you're hearing all these, the great stuff about it, but then you hear the bullshit. Like With, with every story, every good story, there's always bullshit to go along with it. And it was, you know, he, he went to um, a, a town meeting the second time. He went one time and then he went the second time. His mom spoke. She gave a great speech and all this type of stuff. And they were saying that Maddox needs to be from being the chief of uh, Cedars uh, Park Police. Mm -hmm. So, at the end, um, they didn't do anything to Maddox. Um, Actually, he ended up, now he is the chief of Burnett County. Sergeant Chris Daly, the dude that they figured out, didn't do no investigation. He didn't do any of his job right. And then, he becomes the leader of um, damn something, uh, he was promoted to uh, head of of, of dudes of of some kind of investigation team, I can't remember what it is now this dude didn't do any investigation but he ends up getting the job of being head of, of that then Patricia Cummins, the lawyer lady, now she is the head of conviction intelligence in Philadelphia then the Judy Daly uh, duty lady she like I said she got arrested for content and then once dude got cleared this lady committed suicide so obviously she couldn't handle that type of stuff of what ended up happening to her and the biggest one of all the dude that the The assistant DA mm-hmm. that brought the second kid along because he said that this could help the case. This dude gets sworn
0: in as a fucking judge. Yeah, yeah. Like some is that's what I'm saying, man. This is this is for me. I feel like a story of corruption, um, a story of injustice, and and a story of will now expose you because now we kind of see just exactly what these kind of, what these people do. You know what I'm saying? When they, when they want you, they can get you and it's no issue. You know what I'm saying? I think that um, that's one of the things that, you know what I'm saying, Keith was saying is that he can't, he said he couldn't see, you know what I'm saying, living somewhere where if the police want you, no matter what you did, that they can somehow get you and, It'd be, you'd be locked up forever if they really wanted it like that. Yep, and and like
1: that that was that was the sad part for me. And like it's still an inve- open investigation now. Um, like I said, Jonathan he's he's locked up for the rape of the the one girl, and she was in this documentary. And you know, um, now he he didn't get a ton of time for it. Um, yeah, I think he's probably out. By the no, no, yeah, he's. He, I think he's, he's still. He's still locked up. Yeah, yeah, because he only um, did like
0: three or four years or something like that.
1: Yeah, like he didn't do. He didn't do they long. Gave him,
0: they gave him a, 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 a. They they brought down the charge or something like that. Because that's yeah, what they Greg gave him deal. Yeah. yeah, Greg was saying and like, that's I, what, I get twenty five years and he only get three to four. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. And, and, and Sean Dick was
1: actually there to, to give him that deal, and he was like, look, man, the justice system is like that. He was like, mm-hmm. you know, he did all he could to get Greg Kelly off, but then, you know, he still got to be a DA and offer a deal to yeah. someone who actually, he feels did the crime that Kelly did, but he's not on trial for that. He's on trial for raping a 15-year-old. So, yep. you know, he had to do what he had to do, but that's the justice system, man. It's crazy. Um, but I'm glad we was able to to do those. Like I say, we, we didn't do touch
0: everything, but those were the the, the biggest Yeah, those are the, the major parts of the story, man. It's yeah. it's five episodes long. Each episode is an hour. Um it's available on showtime. Um, it don't come on Showtime every time, but you can definitely go to Showtime on demand and watch it. Um, but, you know what I'm saying, you you pretty much be the judge, man, and, and watch it and see if you either agree with us or you think that Greg is, is guilty.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think that the way um, – I'm gonna do my fire flame is 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 in the realm of I'm gonna judge it in the realm of documentaries um, okay you know as far as like stuff that I would put it in the realm of of like stuff like I can't even really say the thirteenth um because that was that was a different kind of documentary um. I think the only thing that I can really add it with is Made in America, um, the the OJ doc that was on um, ESPN. Yep. And I thought that that was, that was one of the – those type of documentaries, that was one of the best I've seen. Uh, I know we're not doing that right now, but if I was doing that one, I would give that a five. Okay. Thing. That, that, that thing okay. was great. It was awesome. It was very informative. If I'm comparing it to that, I, I would say with the information that was given um, I, I'm shit, man. Honestly, man, I, I would I would give it I would give it a four and a half for the simple fact of it, it had like the timeline is crazy, like. It's like they knew this was something in the very beginning because they got interviews from everybody back in because this happened in 2013. It's like they got interviews from 2013 all the way up to 2019. Mm -hmm. Like they followed this dude all this time because they knew that it was fucked up. So to have that much information and to string a documentary out for that many years, you know, that's I, I I would I would give it a four and a half and the only reason to give it a four and a half is because I'm judging it against Made in America. And what made and another thing to give Made in America that knock, even though both of these is involved in football, but that the OJ factor of it, o, o, OJ was just uh, <laughs> A crazy ass creature, but I'll I'll get that five. But I'm I'm gonna get us, I'm gonna get us a four and a half, man. I I I would suggest anybody to go. I I think people, especially men, should watch this just to see how fucked up the system is, because the system Uh is really, really fucked up. Like it was, it it sucks to take a real situation for entertainment. But I would say that you could watch it for entertainment, but also I would say you really need to watch it for the information to see how people
0: get set up by the system. So I would give it yeah. a four and a half. I'm a good. I'm a good head man. I'm going to agree with you one hundred percent, man. Four and a half is um four and a half is definitely where I was going to put it, only because that. It's it's so captivating, you know what I'm saying? The, the story itself deserves a five out of five, but, you know what I'm saying, with them putting everything together and doing everything that they did, I'm going to go ahead and stick to a four and a half. Um, it, the the story, though, man, is it's, it's, it's nuts. You know what I'm saying? It hits you on a different level, especially if you're going through something like this before, being falsely accused or something. You know, you, you kind of see that, he never had a chance to really prove himself. And you know, the with them making stuff up with the you know, with the second child giving him the the A and B um interrogation tactic. And then, you know, the the missing evidence with the Spongebob pads, you know what I'm saying? The lack of investigation with not gonna talk to to uh, Jonathan. It's just like you know what I'm saying? It is it's just wild because you get to see it actually happening and in the in the process that it happens in. And so, you know what I'm saying, with that being said, I thought that the story was great. It ended, you know what I'm saying? It ended real good. Um, you know what I'm saying, it's good to see that everything kind of worked out for him in the end. And um yeah, man, that's it, man. Four and a half, four and a half hour flames, bro. Yes, sir, man. It was, it was good, man.
1: I'm glad, I'm glad I came account, uh, came across it, man. And, and, I'm glad you and, did too, cause you you
0: got me on the level. Yeah, man, that
1: was that that was a good one, man. That was a good one. It kind of it kind of uh took over the the one that we planned on talking about, yeah. Uh yeah. But to be honest with you, that would have been, you know what? I hold that information for another time. <laughs> but um, but yeah, man, that was it. It was, it was really good, man. Um, yeah. but like I said, the the last the uh the last podcast, man, I put out was um the Boycott Boys, um, mm-hmm. on the Stolen Time podcast. That was episode one seventy five. You know, go check that out. That was about the the boycott because we did it on the day that that stuff happened. Um, Yeah. So that was one of those podcasts you got to realize it was done on Wednesday uh, because the NBA resumed back today. Today's Saturday, um, the 30th. So the NBA started back. But, you know, this was when everything was coming down. So we talked about that and the Jacob Brown shoot, the Jacob, um, Blake nice. shooting and yeah. uh, Cal Rittenhouse, all that type of stuff. I uh, also put out a, a 28 minutes or less that was about uh, the Umbrella Academy. So go check that out on no. 28 minutes or less page that has its own page now. It's on all major platforms. I finally, Radio Republic took them forever to, to scoop it up, so it's finally <laughs> on there now. So. Um, so that's on all major platforms man go follow the, um, the Stolen Time pod page on Instagram and s.foster8 on Instagram and Twitter um, follow the Stolen Time podcast page on um, Facebook yeah
0: so uh, that's, that's all my plugs man um, man follow me on Twitter at Scrooge on Instagram at underscore TV Follow me on YouTube at Scooch Bronson TV. Um, you can also follow my Facebook page, Scooch Bronson Media. Um, and uh, you can check the Already Home podcast out on all streaming platforms. Uh, we just did an episode today. It'll be out sometime tomorrow. Um, and then uh, check me out on YouTube, Periscope, or um, Facebook with the Isolated Society In show, man. Um, Shout out to my guy, S. dot man. He called in, first caller this week. Uh, and uh, we talked about um, – what did we get into? We got into Jacob Blake, didn't we? Yeah, but we got – we got yeah, we was, we was <laughs> into <talking laughs> some shit. Yeah, we, we was talking about how, man, you know what I'm saying, we getting sick and tired of trying to convince people of the right thing, man. But you can go back and check that uh, – you can go back and check the stream out either on Facebook on Periscope or uh, uh, I don't think I had it on YouTube this week, but it'll be up on YouTube next week for sure. So um, yeah, that's all I got, man. Yes, sir, man. I look, I appreciate
1: everybody for uh, clicking in, yeah, man. Obviously, we we're trying to do this more, co- more consistently. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but you know, with schedules being the way it are, and us having so many damn podcasts.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> and then on top of that, we gotta we gotta make sure we find them good movies to, you know what I'm saying, and TV shows to cover too. So we don't wanna y'all anything. Yeah, and but also at the same time, you know,
1: uh I'll go ahead and mention this. I I, I will say this, I'm not gonna string it out, but I, I didn't think Project Power was that good. I I, you know I thought what? it
0: was cool. At, at at second watch, I'm gonna have to agree with you. At second watch, I will have to agree with you. It it wasn't as good as I as as I as you know what I'm saying as I made it seem. Um only reason I say that it was good because the young lady who, who played the main character, man, I thought that she did uh, a heck of a job in her role. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I didn't know she was she like twenty eight. She is? Yeah, she like she she owed a Damn, She's not a a teenager. I thought she was like 18. That's what I'm saying. So, you know what I'm saying? She played the hell out of her role, man. And then not only that, you know what I'm saying? I thought that Jamie Foxx did a great job. You know what I'm saying? We ain't really seen him in nothing in a long time. But he did a hell of a job. And then Joseph Gordon-Levitt, man, he always, you know what I'm saying? He always pulls it out. And then, you know, with those three doing everything that they did, I mean, it they made it seem like it was a much better movie than it was. But going back and rewatching it, yeah, it wasn't that good. I think I think it was a story.
1: And the reason I bring it is because we said before that we're gonna have to do a movie that we both don't think is that good. Yeah. Or we, or it was, you know, put up on a pedestal and then you know it, it wasn't as great as we thought it was gonna be. That's why I brought it up. But. Yeah, yeah it, we still want to give you the movies that are good, but at some point you're going to get a movie that we are... I mean, Or we could, it's something that we could disagree on. Be like, hey, I thought it was trash. You thought it was good. So eventually yeah. we're going to get to one of those type of movies. But, um, but yeah, we're going to try to start pumping this out more consistently. For um, sure, man. But I also think that you should be careful. But you also shouldn't rush it because, look, Outcry came out of nowhere. Yeah. I was just... Yeah. I was just looking for something the past time while my girl was doing hell and came across this and then I was just I watched all five episodes in one day. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So so that's how that ended up happening. But I'm glad it ended up happening that way.
0: Yeah, me too,
1: man, because that was uh that was dope. All right, Brody man. Well, I don't damn we don't I'm about to say the number, I don't even
0: know. <laughs> like, cause I all my podcasts got numbers. Yes, I think this I is number. Shit. I think this is number six
1: or seven. Yeah, it's somewhere around there six or seven. We don't really number
0: these bitches. Just check it out. Yeah, yeah but I think I want I want to say six.
1: Sounds about right. Sounds yeah. about right. And I could be thinking seven because we lost one, and we actually talked about it. Yeah, bad boys for life. Bad boys for life. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, man. So man. that's a, that's a wrap, man. Be... Yeah, that's a wrap, man. Like they say in the movie industry, man, cut. <laughs> cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, man. We out of here, y'all. Peace.